Welcome back, everyone, to another great episode of Classic. This is Classic Elder Scrolls Episode 80, Bruma Reimagined for the Fourth Era. And it is brought to you by the Quest Gaming Network, available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and, of course, our website, questgamingnetwork.com. Today's record date is Turdos, Sun's Dusk, the first. And I am your host and fellow Tamrielic Traveler, Evarwin. We've got a very important and interesting show for you today. And, of course, it's part two, finally part two, <laughs> of Bruma, a show that has been at least three months in the making. Thank you so much, <laughs> one and all, for your... Son of a bitch! <laughs> One hell of a show trying to get out. We've got a lot of great information for you and uh, updates to the show as well we got to get into. But first, uh, before we get into any of that, please put your hands together for the one, the only, the Tamrielic Historian, Thrangai, the Mighty, and Thrangai, the Brave. It is Mike. I thank you very much. Uh, it's good to be back. <laughs> and uh, thank you to all of our listeners who sent out well wishes to me. Uh, it's been a trying time, and that's part of the reason why, you know, Bruma Part 2 has yeah. taken forever. But, uh, you know, life goes on, and uh, so will the show. So, here we are. Yes. Ready to take on Bruma. Yes. And uh, so, um, we're, we're not going to, you know, dwell, because there's there's been a lot there's been a lot going on in, in you know, both of our personal lives. Um, I, I believe that the, uh, the previous... Um, uh, ESOTR uh, microblogs have have fleshed that out, so we're not going to rehash it. But a lot's been going on behind the scenes, so please take a listen to those, uh, especially the previous one uh, that that um, I just did about two weeks ago or so. And uh, so check that out uh, for more information. However, um, something something else that has been a long time coming. Okay, I've been mentioning this gentleman right here. Mithril the Learned, it's our very, it's his very first episode of Classic and Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Welcome to the show, Mithril, long time coming, long time community member of, of Quest Gaming Network. It's great finally having you on the microphone. How you doing? Thanks, Ivarin. I'm doing great. Um, super excited. I've always wanted to have a couple of light, um, words on Elder Scrolls ever since I joined a community, and it's finally here. Yeah. Now, for those of you who um, are, are involved in the community, or maybe you follow some of our other stuff, all right, Mithril uh, has been, you know, obviously, like I said, in our, in our community. Uh, he was on TeamSpeak with us uh, gaming for quite a long time. He's on Discord with us, uh, gaming with us there as well. And he's also uh, our lore master on Quest Gaming Magic the Gathering as well. So so um, he's finally uh, now a part, uh, adding to his his repertoire. <laughs> uh, classic Elder Scrolls and Elder Scrolls off the record, uh, which, is, which is having a, a bit of a change as well. Um, but uh, before we get into any sort of show changes... Um, Let's let's have let's have a little listen from from Mithril. Uh, well, actually, let's let's get some of the business stuff out of the way first, guys. What do you think? Yeah. All right, uh, Mike. Where can uh, where can everyone watch us and email us and find us and 
So we can be seen when we uh, have our live shows at twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork. You can email the show at elderscrollsoffthorecord at gmail.com. You can find us at questgamingnetwork.com. Follow us on Twitter at elderscrollsotr. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash questgamingnetwork. Oh, we got to add so. Tumblr to that, too. We're on Tumblr Oh, yeah, now. we got the Tumblr now, yeah. Yeah, at Elder Scrolls OTR as well. So, you know, we uh, conglomerate every all the community's uh, cool photos of Skyrim, ESO, uh, Oblivion, any cool blogs that uh, people are writing stories about their character uh, on Tumblr. And uh, you can see uh, some really cool artwork that people have put up uh, all there, so... Oh yeah, you know, have fun, uh, but be safe. Tumblr is uh, uh, definitely a rabbit's hole sometimes. <laughs> well, like like anything else, you know, don't uh, don't click on it if you're not sure uh, with with a reasonable expectation as to what you're getting into. That's what that is. Yeah. Um, but put, safe, uh, put, put the safe search on. <laughs> yeah, you might find the dark side of Elder Scrolls, you know, that you find in the books on that site. Oh, you mean anything <laughs> the to do with the Argonian Maid, <laughs> right? <laughs> You know what? I'll leave it there. <laughs> we don't. Uh, we don't. Hey, we don't or need to. Or that thief of that lady's heart that broke into the count, like that count's uh, <laughs> room. Thief of virtue. They're thief, thief of virtue. Yeah. <laughs> Anything Kirk Brydian or. In, in, oh yeah, those are the best, right? Right. Or involving uh, Vivek and his. No. Yeah, we might want to save that for when we get into the lore part because he's mentioned. It looks like. Right. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, we're we're um, so when it comes to Tumblr, uh, I'm posting the um, the show on there as well. Uh, but but really, uh, the 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 addition to Tumblr is really all about taking what's what's there, and and you know, it, just sharing that too and being a part of it. You know, Twitter is great, but it's a it's a micro it's a micro blog site is what it is. Uh, Tumblr is a blog site, so you get on there and you could say as much as you want, and post a ton of photos and, and gifs and all that, and it's 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 not as limiting, not nearly as Twitter. So so people are putting on there some pretty amazing stuff when it comes to Elder Scrolls, and it's really a lot of fun. So uh, it's it's just a pleasure just to read it, share it, and see what people are are doing out there with it. It's really cool. So follow us on Tumblr at Elder Scrolls OTR as well. We try to keep it nice and nice and simple for you. Um, okay. Two big things, all right? Uh, let's, let's get to know Mithril a little bit, and then we do have some show changes that, um, that I'm very excited about, uh, to, to finally insert some stabilization that has been lacking from the show, I think, uh, in many ways for the last four years. And so there's going to be a big change with that, but, but first, let's hang out with our friend Mithril for just a minute. Um, and and kind of introduce yourself to to the listeners, bud. All right. Um, I'm Mithril. In real life, I am uh, Ian. Uh, I've been part of this community since I'd say. If we're talking about classic Elder Scrolls, right when these lads released the uh, Lore of the Dwemer episode. Okay. So that's about what three years ago, two years ago. Uh, I don't know, Mike. When 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 was that? 
I'm bringing it up right now on Google Sheets. <laughs> Damn, that guy's on fire. Jeez. So, but anyways, aside from that starting point, I have uh, listened to uh, all of the episodes uh, from the beginning, from when Mike started till up to now. I'd say about three to four times over each episode. So, yeah. like, if there is any, if, if if anyone wants to make a card game on like who said what on this episode, I can probably make it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like a trivia game. <laughs> All right. I've been uh, married for uh, 11 years. Uh-huh. Uh, I got uh, two children I stepped in for and two that I've raised up uh, uh, from birth. And uh, I uh, work for uh, for Coca-Cola. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, uh, good job. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, my first. Uh, after before we get into questions, uh, are we gonna, are we going to ask me uh, in the questions what you game can, I start with? You can you can you can insert whatever you like. Whether okay, not, no, it's all well, good. Well, my man. sister, my sister came along one time when she was visiting and brought over Oblivion. Now I don't know anything about Elder Scrolls game games at the time. Like Fable Two was like the most open world thing ever played. So, she drops by drops the PlayStation 3, you know, hooks me up with uh, Oblivion. She's already been playing for a long time. Um, so I'm just gonna going around and it's like, what in the world is this? I can pick up items and knock things around with the sword and unsheath my sword and make people nervous and people talk about it. And it's like, it, I was just laughing my ass off, just like doing all this dumb stuff in the Imperial City. I had no idea if it was the Imperial City. It was just me doing weird, funny stuff. All over the place, you know, knocking things off the people's heads. Hey, stop doing that, you know, and all that <laughs> stuff. You know, the guards getting on your back. Yeah. Not on my watch, you know, and all the other stuff. Stop, criminal scum. <laughs> yeah, like right into that, that dude's ugly face, you know, just snapshots you right there. It's like, holy crap, this so, game is awesome. So Oblivion was your first Elder Scrolls game. It was my first game, but I didn't play it that often, though. Uh, not that much, because, you know, when she left, she took the game with her. Right. Now, now I got my first taste. So when You're they were talking for your about next releasing hit. Skyrim, I'm thinking, what's this scrim? Like, <laughs> I don't know, what's this scrim game? I don't understand what this is. What's a scrim and do? So my, uh, so our cousin from my wife's side, uh, she was going on about it. It's like, oh yeah, it's gonna be the continuation from Oblivion. Of course, she played a lot of Oblivion, and, uh, and I'm like, oh whoa, really? You know, so. There was a big, there's a lot of hype, you know, so we were waiting for that game to come out. So on 11-11-11, I was at my local uh, GameStop out in Smyrna, Tennessee, which is where I'm at. Big day for uh, me, 11-11-11. So I took our, uh, uh, our our niece, Ashley, out there, and, you know, she's in, you know, she was in, like, in high school, you know, and I just met um, my wife, Jerry, so I was, like, what, 21, 22? So like we we were all together as gamers at the GameStop, and we you know we finally get to play Skyrim. But the thing is, I had to go to work that morning, and it was eleven o'clock at night. So <laughs> I didn't get to play the game when I got it that night. Yeah. So I let Ashley play it. <laughs> oh, that was nice of you. So yeah. that, so okay. So basically, your first entry into into Elder Scrolls was was Oblivion. Yeah, uh, it was my first taste, but I, n I didn't get into it until a little bit later. I'd say about a year after I, uh, I think when I got the comp my computer set up for Elder Scrolls is when 
I did uh, Oblivion because we spent a whole year on the console for Skyrim. Right. Okay. So, so do you do like? I mean, I, obviously you play the game and all that, but I mean, do you get like deep into it, like with modding and with um, you know certain like background stories for characters and and whatnot? Yeah, um, as soon as I was able to get into modding for Skyrim, I transferred all of that into, of course, Oblivion and Morrowind. Um, I don't mod Oblivion as much as I mod Skyrim, because I feel like that game is fairly well complete as it is. There's some things that are good to have, like uh, the no potato face, everyone looks like actual humans mod, that's pretty good. I've heard Things of this like thing. that polishes it up. Right. Um, now, Skyrim, I did heavily mod. I've got about, I'd say, 120 mods on that one. Wow. Uh, minimal crashes. Uh, a lot of trial wow. and error. Uh, 120 <laughs> mods and minimal crashes? Yeah. Wow, that's like a feat of strength. <laughs> well, it takes a lot of a lot of reading the readmes, which is, I think, I don't people do enough. And a lot of uh, destroying all of my saves over and over again for about a whole year before I figured out how to use mods. Right. Okay. All right. So, uh, I mean, just uh, do you have a favorite mod? And, and what would the... Or or if you don't have, like, one favorite, do you have, like, one or two that you could kind of point out to? For because Skyrim is pretty much the most modded game, I'd yeah. say my favorite uh, mod for that one is Ordinator, which is a perk expansion mod that increases the amount of perks you have on your character, but in a immersive way that doesn't break gameplay. So it gives you more skills than you can actually level up to. So you kind of have to create a a template for yourself as where your character is going to go because you can't just max it out and just be an overpowered goof like you can in regular <laughs> Skyrim without any limitations. <laughs> you can't just do everything. You right, have to right. specialize now. Okay. All right. I that's kind of cool because I think that's one of the biggest criticism, right? Right Mike about about Skyrim is that eventually you just take on everything and just become like this omni class sort of just powerful guy well it's the god complex of your character i mean you know i've got a character right now he's level 65 and he's you know i keep uh re-legendarying certain skills because that's the only way i keep leveling up yeah otherwise i have to start wearing heavy armor using two-handed weapons and you know shit like that and it's like okay it's nice that they put the legendary in so that you can do that but you do get to a point where it's like oh Here's a, a an iron arrow in my bow, and I just killed everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's also really nice if uh, the guy that made um, all, that mod made a whole bunch of mods that really help. I think his name is uh, Anai Sion. Okay. And uh, that's the modder's name. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole suite of mods that, that work like that, that kind of like make the vanilla game way, way better uh, in a lot of ways. Kind of like being able to, if you don't feel like wearing Daedric, you can just make iron armor as good as Daedric if you wanted to as a perk. Oh, wow. So if you want to look like, you know, that guy, you know, and not have to wear armor to look like it, you can just do that. That's pretty cool. Stuff like that. 
Uh, do you get down with the ESO? I mean, I you, you came in with Oblivion, right? Right. You you love Skyrim, heavily modded Skyrim. You know, sounds like you got a lot of. Obviously, you love lore. You are a lore master on uh, QGMTG. Okay, Quest Gaming Magic the Gathering. You're so so you're into the lore of the game. Do you do you do you get down with the ESO? You you play Elder Scrolls Online? Uh, what do you how, what do you do there? Game gameplay wise, I love ESO. Right. Lore wise, I've got my uh, I got my hesitations. Um, but I do agree with the theory that came from classic uh, the discussion that came from classic that this is at least in my mind's eye uh, uh, ESO is a I'm continuum it's what? nothing in this game should be able to exit out of this uh, time period oh okay so basically you're, you're, you're on board for the, the dragon break concept of ESO yeah it, it's just okay. a giant dragon break um, it remains before uh, to uh, seen to be seen whether Bethesda, the game company itself, decides to use things from ESO. I'm hoping not, because there's some things that are very strange that come out of that particular game. Like I don't know if anyone's played all the way through Somerset, but there is an I there is some uh, dabblings on the idea that there's a multiverse now. Well, Which is not really I'm into. That that idea of the multiverse in, in Elder Scrolls Online has actually been um, the reason why every character is the hero of Tamriel. And yeah. it's a massive dragon break. <laughs> so every character represents their own fractured portion of a now multiverse. And and honestly, um, the idea is that Akatosh did it in order to create as many uh, beings as there can be in order to stop the god of brutality, Molag Bal. Yeah. Well, also, this was used. Uh, well, this was used as an exploit by Nocturnal. Yeah. In, in the in the Somerset. Now, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. All right. I don't want to spoil it, but there's some things going on. But, yeah. you know, some some of the writing for the for the daydream, you know, for the uh, the gods are a little bit too uh, um, cartoon villain like. A little bit sometimes, I think. Okay. But, they need uh, a mustache and they need to twirl it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get you next time, a soulless one. You know, it's kind of like it's like that. But no, I love the game. Uh, the the quests, the the dialogue in the quests are great. It is an Elder Scrolls game. Uh, to anyone that says that it's not, I think you're just, you just need to get over yourself. Oh, wow. <laughs> it, it is a legit Elder Scrolls game. Damn. <laughs> Listen, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, if you, if you, if, if, if we ever gave you the impression here somehow, some way that we are, we are not fans of Elder Scrolls online on this show. I got to tell you that nothing could possibly be any, any, uh, any more wrong. Um, and not, not, not six months ago, I was, you know, personally declaring that, that I think Elder Scrolls Online is the definitive Elder Scrolls game F for, you know, the fact that it's, it's, it's pushing lore. It's, it's, it takes all, it takes the lore that we've had and it pushes it further. Okay. Yeah. yeah there's a few lore sidesteps. Like, and yeah. If you don't 100%, 100% agree with the lore, that that's fine. You know? Um, because, uh, like I said, this is a uh, fantasy property. 
it's not like reality when something happens and like, well, you have to deal with it. No, you don't have to deal with it. You can say, well, you know, this is what I think what happened, you yeah. know, and especially with the idea that this is a dragon break, maybe none of this stuff happened and we're just going to go, well, that was weird and just go on with the rest of the series. Yeah. Right. And, and the, the idea of, um, I guess, canon and uh, fan uh, timelines, you know, timelines that come from, you know, from, from players and, and fans, um, we're going to get into that during the, uh, the the discussion and fast question of the week in, in just a little bit after, uh, well, later on in the show after the history of and whatnot. Um, but, uh, yeah, we are going to touch on that again. But, yeah, we're, we're all, you know, we're all, all of us here are massive fans of Elder Scrolls Online and um, Mithril as well. All right. Yeah. Um, okay, well, well, congratulations, uh, Mithril. Welcome to, welcome to the show. It's great having you. I appreciate it. I mean, it's there's. I find it's been said on this uh, show that you know when a host gets on here, they they find themselves before they become a host, they find themselves like arguing with the uh, with the podcast in their car. Someone's like, "Well, I want to add this." They didn't even talk about this part. You know, there's always that little side that I'd have every now and then. It's like, and I finally get to be the guy that they yell at in the car. That, uh, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't cover this part. So it's it's kind of like a cycle. Well, you are the guy in the car, and then you become the host, and then you're the guy's being yelled at by the guy in the car. <laughs> the, the father becomes the son. Yeah, <laughs> the son becomes the father. <laughs> um, well, glad to have you here, and uh, I'm very touched that you would you would say something like that because I've always been very flattered when when people say things like that. I I I too have. Uh, have argued at uh, at podcasts in my car on my commute on the way to work, and that's actually how I got into podcasting as well. So it's it's always um, wonderful for me to hear that come from you know my own my own listeners out there uh, for for QGN and uh, to you know have have that uh, you know come back to us and and share that that uh, experience with people who do come on the show. So it's it's uh, it's great to hear. Um, yeah. Speaking of the show, all right. So, so we we've got we've got some some pretty major developments here at, at QGN. Um, the, I I think probably the the most major development is the one thing that is finally finally after four long years going to stabilize uh, our recording schedule. Um, I've moved to uh, a day shift at work, and that means Yay! that yeah, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> finally. <laughs> Um, I can finally record at night again, and uh, if I record at night, okay, that means that I can record when I get home from work, or if I happen to be off, I can still record at uh, at a reasonable at a reasonable hour. The whole the whole thing is is recording at a reasonable hour. Um, when I was when I was working a four to twelve shift, I would get home at twelve thirty one o'clock in the morning. And no one's no one's up. No one's awake. You know, we've got a night crew. Well, not no one. We got all of Europe and Australia. Well, yeah. I mean, what I, what I mean <laughs> to say is that you know, my my hosts for the show were not awake. Um, so I couldn't. I can't do you know Elder Scrolls off the record. You know, during that time, um, I can't do that. So and and early in the morning can't be done either because my hosts for Elder Scrolls off the record are at work, and I'm at home. Exactly. So. Yeah, so it didn't work. So so here I am. I'm back on a day shift. 
And I am now home when my hosts are our home. And just before bed, we're going to sit down and we're going to record some shows. Now, uh, we are switching to a... So, so every single Thursday at 9 p.m., okay, come to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork. I'm recording. Now, it's either going to be Quest Gaming Magic the Gathering like we did last week. Or it's going to be Elder Scrolls off the record like we're doing this week. But if Arwen, what do you mean? What about Classic? You're recording Classic right now. Well, yes, I am. But this is the last episode of Classic. Now, before you throw your... Uh, your, your iPod or whatever, uh, your radio out the window, okay? It may be the last episode of what we're calling classic, okay? But it's not the actual last episode of this format. Classic Elder Scrolls and Elder Scrolls Off the Record are finally merging into one show. So, this may be the last thing that we're recording called classic Elder Scrolls, but it's this is this is... We are, we are just using this format for Elder Scrolls off the record. So the hosts are not going to change. It's still going to be myself, right, Mike, and now Mithril. Yeah. The format of this show is not going to change. We've always, it's always been a lore-centric show. We've, we've, you know, we're, we've begun this year to handle, in part, a little bit, some of the news. And that's not going to change either. How we handle the news and handling the news, in fact, is going to stay the same. The gameplay is going to stay the same. Everything is going to stay the same. We're just going to call it Elder Scrolls off the record. Reaction, Mike? Oh. So if you're looking for more news stuff, that's what the microblogs are going to be for. Uh, instead of two hours of us, you know, debating, you know, something that's happening on Elder Scrolls uh, online or, you know, minutia of stuff that, you know, is leaked from E3. Uh, we'll cover it in microblogs and we'll touch upon it here, but we're going to spend most of our time with the lore and gameplay, uh, which is what brought a lot of people here originally to Skyrim off the record and then Elder Scrolls off the record before uh, the release of Elder Scrolls Online. So, right. don't worry. We're going to still have tons of lore, tons of gameplay, the game, you know, covering all of the different games uh, in uh, Bethesda's repertoire. And when Elder Scrolls Six launches, you know, we'll cover that too, uh, as part of our gameplay, and you know, talk about what we found there and stuff. So it's going to, you know, bring more of this style to our uh, bi-weekly recordings. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, like I said, I'm I'm going to be home at night now, and uh, look, if there's if there's a big thing going on in in Elder Scrolls, you know, yeah, I'll fire up I'll fire up the microblog and. And, and get it out to you in a in a quick, um, in, a, in quick fashion. So so the blogs are not going to go away. Um, the, the the whole thing about this is that Elder Scrolls off the record, classic Elder Scrolls, and the microblogs. All right, all of this was done. First of all, they're horribly redundant. Okay, and the reason why we I had to add that redundancy was because that if you look at each one of those shows, they're actually far less complicated to record from you know a big five person 
you know, multi-segmented show to a two-person, three-person kind of, you know, lore-centric format to really me, maybe one other person from time to time, sort of, sort of short format for us anyway. <laughs> different guests every now and then because who knows when right. Devin pops in. Yeah. So, so it got, so the reason why that happened was because I got busier. I, I, I mean, you know, it was difficult to get on the microphone with everybody. My hours were very difficult to work with. Um, and now I'm, I'm taking on more responsibility at work. So, so it's just, that's been the issue. And then of course, personal issues with other folks, um, in their, in their lives as well. You know, obviously we talked about, you know, you, Mike and, and, uh, what's going on with you last, uh, last time. So, so anyway, um, that's that's what's going on okay we're still going to be offering the micro blogs uh in order to remain timely with with news um but really elder scrolls off the record is is classic and classic is esotr uh so in two weeks from tonight we'll record elder scrolls off the record and it will be the same cast and format that exists with classic so instead of calling it classic episode 81 we'll be calling it elder scrolls off the record 213 and ESO, the episode titled ESOTR Live from QGNCon 2018 is going to serve as our last episode of the seven-year-long format that's carried our show on uh, to, to this point. So uh, no, no longer with that format, Classics format will become Elder Scrolls Off the Records. So, oh yeah, yeah, Gnome, Gnome Cyan in... Uh, in our uh, chat room is asking, are we going to cover Blades? Hell yeah, we're covering Blades. And don't forget to pre-register, by the way, on the Apple App Store and uh, <laughs> the Google Play Store for Blades, guys. There's that. All right. Um, just a quick reaction for Mithril on this. And then, Mike, I want to talk about your uh, your gameplay because we have Merkmire that came out for ESO and the Witches Festival. So amazing stuff. But uh, first, quick Mithril, some, some quick reaction on this. Um. I really want to elaborate how honored I am to be included in uh, this huge pedigree of talent that has preceded me. Because uh, I don't forget, you know, the individuals have built up this particular show. And uh, I kind of want to shout out uh, for, for that talent that has that has inspired me to to even want to, to even try to uh, to fill fill the fill the role of, of another host on this show. And uh, I'm, I'm really uh really honored in general ah, <laughs> glad, glad to hear that and and you're gonna uh you're gonna be an amazing addition mithril you really are so um already you're uh proving to uh to listeners that uh you're gonna be a you're gonna be a good addition and a great a great uh a great listen so appreciate that um all right mark meyer Right, coming out on consoles in uh, <clears throat> consoles. Excuse me, <laughs> coming out on consoles next couple of weeks, guys. All right, and um, for anyone who doesn't know, okay, you haven't been paying attention. All right, that's fine. Uh, we've only done about four uh, episodes of Elder Scrolls Off the Record, but this is the topic. All right, but uh, Elder uh, Merkmeyer is the new um, new expansion to uh, well expansion. It's it's a DLC to. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, uh, that is now out, and um, that come out, and then the Witches Festival has been out. Okay, finished up, I believe, uh, today. This morning at ten a.m. Yeah, I didn't get that 
bowed that I should have gotten. <laughs> so, uh, you guys been playing this stuff? So, I've been... I felt that Merkmire came out at a very poor choice of time. Because this Witches Festival this year, they made a huge change. So, not only could you get your normal plunder skulls with all of the goodies inside it, the, the crafting motifs and the... Um, uh, the housing motifs and your uh, recipes but every day you were able to go in and complete either a dungeon a world boss a uh, public dungeon boss a trial or a um, arena um, arena such as dragon star or um, uh, the other one there I can't remember um, Maelstrom. Maelstrom, yes, thank you. Uh, and you would get these Dramora um, plunder skulls. skulls. Yeah. And it was one per each of those events per day. So minimum, it was going to take you two days to do all of them uh, and get all of the pieces that you needed to get this new motif. Uh, some people who had tons of time probably actually did it in two days or maybe two and a half days. Um but like myself and Mithril, you know, we're we're still working on it as of this morning or last night. Yeah, <laughs> it stinks because I only have one last piece to do. Yeah, and um, I ended up buying the uh, trial pieces myself because our trial group we haven't run a trial in a very long time. Um, but they were, you know, expensive but reasonable, I guess. Um, the arena ones, I run Maelstrom Arena pretty much every day because those were selling at 40,000 gold pieces per motif. So, uh, yeah, I was actually making some money finally again in-game. Nice. But all this is going on, and then they drop Merkmire, and I'm like, well, there is no way in hell I'm going to sit down and try and follow the storyline of Merkmire as I'm jumping from dungeon to dungeon, character to character, plus you got, you know, your XP bonus, trying to, you know, level up older characters that you hadn't leveled up. I'm like, oh, there's just too much going on. Wow. Yeah, and your mind's got to be in the zone. It's like you got to prepare. It's like for me, like, you know, I got a character set up, you know, it's got backstories. Like, I got to be in that mindset to do this and then do the main quest diligently to the end and then do the side quest. Because you don't want to do like half the main quest and then let the world burn and then pick flowers. I mean, come on. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> what a, what a, what <laughs> but, a wonderful know, problem to thing, have. The next thing is, is now you have in 15 days Clockwork City Celebration. Mm hmm. Where you do that one, and um, you know it's going to run for ten or nine days. Now the big thing is, why is this such a big thing right now? Well, every day that you log in and do part of the event, like if you got a uh, the specialized plunder skulls every day, you got a token that allowed you to get this feather. Yes. Where at the end of the year, when New Life Festival is done, if you've done all four of the events. The uh, Witches Festival, the Clockwork City Celebration, the Undaunted Celebration, and the New Life Festival, you can get this um, uh, Indric Feathers, and you can actually summon and get this Indric Mount for free. So it's like, okay, you've got every other week, it seems, a major event going on between now and January 2nd, where you have to log in and actually do stuff. Oh, and yeah. it's like, oh, are you <laughs> killing me? You're going to drop a oh. whole new zone? This should have been the time that they dropped those two dungeons. 
because dungeons, you, you know, you don't. There's not as much intensity with the dungeon packs, you know, no. versus exploring a whole new zone, learning all the new lore, learning all the new areas. A dungeon pack, it's like okay, you go in for a couple hours, you know, and you're done. You know, you can put it down and go to bed. But a zone, it takes weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed to not get the feathers. Jerry expressly told me that we need to get that Endric mount. So it, it's definitely, if I miss one day, it's over. It's over. <laughs> Is it? Now, now it just just so I have this right, because I, I want to make sure, like, what, what level of uh what 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 level of of threat uh jerry uh uh, pr- uh displays here is it doesn't isn't she kind of like isn't she kind of like your standard nord female where she'll she'll rip someone's face off and most likely her husband's <laughs> well not like that but it's like she'll be very disappointed. <laughs> right. It's like I so like, it may not know. be his face that he loses. Right. It, well, you know, wow. there's also the thing where I'm grinding like crazy so we can make the Sidgic uh, villa into the Harry Potter Hogwarts um, place. Oh, that's a cool. <laughs> that is cool. I have to do the thing that German guy did in one of those posts, and it's like, well, I guess I have to try to replicate that now. Who's who's the uh, the Nord girl from uh, Elder Scrolls Online's main quest? What's her name again? I forget. Nord girl. Yeah. The giantess, you mean? Uh, oh yeah. Um, the tall one. <laughs> right? Didn't you once well, tell me? I remember this character. Didn't you I once tell me? I can't remember her name. <laughs> yeah. Did Didn't you once tell me that you're that Jerry is basically her? Uh. No, because she's really funny about when she's threatening people. So I guess it's more like Naryu. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's All right. more of a dark elf in personality. M- Mithril is Jerry standing behind you right now. Is that what's no, going she's, uh, <laughs> no, she's, uh, she's keeping the uh, raving children at bay right now. Right, okay. Wink, wink, gotcha. <laughs> All, right. All right, sorry about that, guys. I know that's kind of a tangent. Um, <laughs> well, I don't I don't know. I don't even know where we where we were. But uh, oh no no no, um, yeah. What a what an awesome what an awesome problem to have. I mean, how many MMOs exist out there right now where you know people are just like, there's not enough to do. It's been it's been way too long since we've had any kind of an update. And Elder Scrolls Online players are like, God, there's too much to do. You know, it's what a what a great problem to have. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when you consider that if you play, you log in every day for your dailies in the month of November, I think it's twenty at the 24th login, you get Merkmire for free. And it's like, so now you've got, you know, incentive to log in to do first the Witches Festival, now the Clockwork City celebration, the Undaunted celebration, you know, come in, do all of those to get these feathers. Sure. And if you log in on a regular basis for 24 days or 25 days this month, you get Merkmire for free. And then New Life hits us, you know, yeah. just after in early December, and it's like, oh my God, there's so much to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. You I know, think I'm still that, not done with Somerset. <laughs> I think that Zoss is actually taking a really wise um, move here and pretty much uh, using online p- people being on the game as kind of like a trade for currency in a way where they're just like that, that kind of incentivization, it helps them a lot to have the traffic, have all the numbers to show for, and then reward the customers for, for doing that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they like money too. 
Yeah, well, that's what the Crown Store is there for, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. And the Crown Store, I mean, not to... It's not doing bad. It's not. It, it really isn't, you know. Um, I still want to buy things on there, but i got to hold, hold it off, you know. Right. Um, all right, let's let's transition a little bit, okay, um, from uh, from some of this to to maybe a little bit more uh, a little a little bit more gameplay um, with uh, with Mithril. What um, what have you been doing in uh, in ESO? I've been uh, building up my uh, Lady Templar tank, uh, Vanquish. Still, um, I've been working on her for a long time. I uh, I think I built her up to. Uh, the CP once, but I didn't like the way her face looked, so I had to remake her. So it took me like two years to get a character this high now. So she's at CP five oh five ten, and uh, I'm really happy with the build I have for that character. Cool. All right. Um, the reason why I asked specifically about ESO on 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 this is because um, I know we really haven't been. You know, diving too much into any of the other uh, single-player games for for a while, so um, that's kind of been like the go-to, the go-to game. Yeah, I'm so incentivized. I, I I feel like I want to develop my character so much, and I don't have a whole lot of time in a day. Just like I just, I love Skyrim, I love Oblivion, I love Morrowind, and all the and Daggerfall. But it's like I I, I want to play my character. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. I me too. And when Blades comes out, it's going to get even even more difficult. Because uh, I'm going to be logging into Blades every day on my phone, getting you know gems and coins and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. The only thing I could say that I'm I'm no longer really interested in that's Elder Scrolls based is actually Legends. I, I've I'm just not. I beg to differ. I know, I know. That's <laughs> yeah. You're you're you love you love Legends. Um, I'm just for me like I I've I'll, I'll for me I gotta I gotta stick to one collectible card game that's going to be Magic and. And I, I yeah. highly appreciate magic far more. It just seems like it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just like, I like, uh, I like it more for some reason. Yeah. I guess as someone who's been playing magic particularly for so long and to finally have like an Elder Scrolls property that's a card game, I just had to do it. Yeah. You know. And uh, like whenever we get into content for that game, uh, I'll almost like could be writing the content for that game because I really, really love that. I'll be I'll be doing a lot of uh, talking about that game in the future. Right. Well, we're I'm looking forward to hearing some of it. Maybe uh, maybe you can maybe you can uh, get me into it a little bit. But I don't know. Um, you know, I I'm I'm kind of wondering. Let me uh, let me fast uh, quick save this right here and just back out for a second. Um, speaking of, cause I, I kind of feel bad, you know, classic is supposed to be all about the single player games and uh, we're, we're, you know, gushing on elder scrolls online. Don't, don't think that hasn't escaped my attention there, dear listener. <laughs> cause it has, um, it's, it, I am, I am aware of this. Um, I want to jump into, uh, into Skyrim for just a second here. And, uh, really the only news I've got for you on this is something I brought up, um, on a, um, micro blog about two, three weeks ago. And that was uh, the fact that there was this this free uh, dwarven armored mud crab pet uh, that you can get on on um, the, in the creation club for Skyrim Special Edition, and it's still here. It's still one hundred percent off. Okay, I don't know if this is actually leaving the store now because it's been about two weeks, two three weeks since I've said this. So um, it is here, guys. 
the <laughs> Why would you want to put armor on it and then make it invincible? I mean, mud, we, we know how we feel about mud crabs on this show. I think, you know, they need to give it a knife while they're at it. <laughs> maybe a monocle, too, while we're... <laughs> yeah. And maybe give it Samuel Jackson's voice, too. <laughs> Yo, how many Nords are coming down? There was a mod that was like that. I think I got taken down for copyright, but it, was, it did exist. There was, there was something there for that. Um, so, so here it is. Uh, so like I said, you know, I, look, I, you know how much I love, you know how much I love you guys, our listeners. Okay. You know how much I love you when I, I'm trying to remain as, as true as possible to the original vision of the show, which is very little to no ESO at all. And, and, uh, and more single player stuff when I'm scraping the literal bottom of the barrel here and telling you again about a, a free goddamn mud crap. Oh, I'm sure there's developments in Morrowind modding community. Uh, there's a couple things that are still been working on, like the, um, the multiplayer thing. That's that's still going on. So there's news there too. It's just got to be dug up. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's a little hard to sort of like unearth some of these these little like really fringe bits. Like I I I haven't honestly thought about the Morrowind modding community in a long time. Yeah, so. now you can like be in each other's game. Like Fable. That's really like cool. Better. So like like Fable 2 style? Yeah, but like not but better than that. Well I'm just saying like kinda of how he could, but this is like literally Morrowind multiplayer. So you can really role play your character and do all kinds of, I'm I'm waiting for Zephan to, to ask us when he has the time. Yeah. Yeah. God. That'd be uh that'd be epic. Okay, so so there is so there's so there you go, guys. There's a little now how long has that been going on for? I'd say about a year or two. Yeah, I'll have to check my sources, but uh, right. it's been a long time coming. There's been a lot of excitement behind it. Okay, I guess I'm just behind the ball, <laughs> like severely <laughs> on this. All right, uh, look, everyone, uh, everyone tunes into uh, to classic uh, now. I should say Elder Scrolls off the record for uh, for for that lore. So let's let's dive into uh, this week and Tamriela holidays, and of course the history of. Uh, in just a second, uh, but first I want to shout out our sponsor for Quest Gaming Network, and of course here for Elder Scrolls Off the Record, which is Tweaked Audio, Tweaked Audio, T-W-E-A-K-E-D, audio.com, guys, oh my god, here he goes again, talking about those stupid freaking earbuds, no, 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 they're not stupid, they're amazing, <laughs> you would thumb your nose at high quality High clarity audio being pumped into your Looking ears. Some sort of nude, nude, nude with all that. And then, you know. Gently massaging and caressing your 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 brain with the beautiful, sultry, dulcet tones of whoever or whatever you're listening to. You would thumb your nose at such a thing? That's stupid. No, it's not stupid. Well, that's what tweaked audio, tweaked audio earbuds do for you, my friends. Top tier, top freaking tier with. Bottom shelf prices. You are getting Grey Goose Vodka and you're buying a Pabst Blue Ribbon. I don't want to get angry emails, guys. Okay, yes, I know. Pabst Blue Ribbon's very good beer. Okay, fine. Whatever I said. <laughs> right. Depends on where you're at, I guess. All right. <laughs> but you know what I mean, okay? All right, you're, you're going into the liquor store and you're getting what's on the top shelf. That's what you're buying. 
versus and you're paying the prices of going into your local Circle K and getting whatever's whatever's beers. Uh, Rowan is a guy the with an experience in marketing. Trust him. <laughs> Not a, no, it's a bad one. <laughs> Listen, these are fantastic. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> no, these really are fantastic earbuds. If you don't believe me, well. Shame on you, because I would never tell you. Uh, I would never tell you that these these products are good if they weren't good at all whatsoever. Like I'm saying, they're high high quality, which means they're extremely durable. All right, these these will take a beating and keep on coming. They sound fantastic, okay. And at the same time, for like a thirty dollar price point around there, I know kind of expensive for earbuds, but what you're getting are earbuds that have the quality sound quality and clarity of something that might be about eighty dollars your akgs your beats audio okay coming to you for thirty dollars now if you live outside the states you're like yeah okay barwin i'm gonna spend thirty dollars and then thirty dollars again on shipping because you know like rogue the poor guy lives on the top of the world lives in norway all right nothing gets shipped to norway without being double the price well it's worldwide free shipping at Tweaked Audio, okay? Worldwide free shipping. Free shipping. Free. Free, okay? At TweakedAudio.com. Do not thumb your nose at TweakedAudio.com. They give you free shipping. <laughs> Worldwide free shipping. And we're going to save you an extra 30% off with our code, off the record, all one word, off the record, all one word, our code, extra 30% off at TweakedAudio.com. Give them a try. They're really awesome. If you don't like them, call them up. And they will solve whatever issue you got going on over there with their limited uh, their uh, w- limited lifetime warranty over at tweakedaudio.com. Okay, Mithril, let us hear about this week in Tamriotic Holidays. Before I get into that, though, there is a severe penalty for nose thumbing. It, is there? Yeah. But I'm not going to talk about it because it's pretty severe. <laughs> All right, so this week in Tamriel Holidays, <laughs> which is festival, Frostfall the 13th. Today is the 13th of Frostfall, known throughout Tamriel as the Witch's Festival, when the forces of sorcery and religion cra- clash. The Mages Guild is most of the business since we- weapons and items are evaluated for their mystic potential free of charge and magical spells are one half their usual price. Demonologists, conjurers, lamias, warlocks. Did that literally say lamias? Okay. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the <laughs> anthaumaturgists meet in the wilderness outside the city, and the creatures created or summoned there may plague Tamriel for eons. Most wise men choose not to wander this night. In Daggerfall, this is the summoning day for Mephala. Ooh, Mephala, your mama. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> Broken diamonds. Frostfall the 23rd. On the 23rd of Frostfall, in the 121st year of the Third Era, Kintyra Septum II met her death in the Imperial Dungeons of Glenpoint on the orders of her cousin and usurper, Uriel III. Her death is remembered in Glenpoint as the day called Broken Diamonds. It is a day of silent prayer for the wisdom and benevolence of the imperial family of Tamriel. Editor's note, 
It is Uriel the Third who killed uh, Kintyra, not Sephoris. This is a scribe's error in Daggerfall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was that uh, was that the penalty she paid for thumbing her nose? Probably uh, thumbing her nose during the the War of the Red Diamond. Aha. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, yeah. That story was pretty crazy. The one with her cousin and all other stuff. And all the murder and the backdoor politics. So, we're going to get on to Emperor's Day. Frostfall the 30th. Once the 30th of Frostfall, the Emperor's Emperor's birthday was the most popular holiday of the year. Great traveling carnivals entertained the masses. While the aristocracy of the city... Whoa, there's like a bunch of text oh, yeah. squished so, together. <laughs> yeah, whenever you see those, it means you got to input a uh, a city name, sorry. Okay. Uh-oh. Of insert city that is rendered by Daggerfall. Enjoy <laughs> the <laughs> annual goblin chase on horseback. Recently, these traditions have fallen into neglect. It has been decades since the, the, there was a big carnival in city generated by Daggerfall map. <laughs> And longer still since Regent Title, which is probably a random generated ruler of that city on that map, as a gobl- goblin chase. Looks like Mithra's getting UESP'd for the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit behind the scenes that our listeners get to see. Yeah. No, we, we, we love Daggerfall and it's, it's randomly generated content. We're not going to put that down. Right, right. Uh, in the fourth era of 171, the Great War began on this day of Emperor's Day, when then Emperor Titus Mede II rejected a Thalmor ultimatum. Aha. Uh-huh. Thalmor ultimatum. I can't imagine what that would have been. We want honey with our bread. <laughs> right. We want honey with our bread. Yeah, take it ridiculous. from the Nords. They make mead with it. They don't need it. <laughs> we read it on the scrolls of uh, Hermogenani three thousand years ago that we should have honey on bread, and it shall be done. <laughs> Why do the Thalmor sound like cone heads on the show? <laughs> <laughs> or perhaps even uh, <laughs> the Daleks? Michael Concordant! Michael Concordant! Black Oak Concordant! We have found the doctor! <laughs> Exterminate all the Nord scum! <laughs> oh, God. Alright. Alright. Sun's Dust the Second. In Daggerfall, this is the summoning day of Boethia, and that is tomorrow after this show has been released. Oh my. Because it would be the second. Right. And today is the if first. If you don't like what you hear, you can summon Boethia. <laughs> and she will summon a, basically a maelstrom arena of people that will kill each other for this insanely great item and just everyone's dead except for the one person. Kind of like Fortnite. Oh. <laughs> it's a game I keep She just hosts Fortnite every summoning day. 
Okay. Alright, what else we got? Because I'm fighting a uh, bandit and I, I've got no Okay, idea so we are going. ready for some reading now, I think. Yeah? Alright, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're going to, uh... Uh, we're gonna reward your patience here. <laughs> our creepy Thalmor Dalek <laughs> impressions. <laughs> and, uh, give you some history of... With Mike! So last time we left off, we, uh, had gone through, uh, Bruma in Oblivion. And so, uh, this new mod came out, uh, that, uh, Avarwin is actually going through right now, uh, which is part of the, um, Beyond Skyrim series, and it's Bruma. And so let's cover a little bit of the history of, you know, how we got here with Bruma, where it is, uh, and then some uh, books that were released as part of the new uh, mod. So, uh, the Pale Pass is a secluded pass through the Gerald Mountains on the Cyrodiil Skyrim border. A ruined Imperial fort can be found at the pass. The flora is similar to the rest of the mountain range, and a tribe of ogres inhabits the area. So, in order to get here in the first place, you actually go south of Helgen, and you find the gates to the Pale Pass, and you can either go one of two ways, depending on who you are. Uh, if you are high enough level, high enough stuff that you've done stuff in the game, they you can say, oh, I'm the Dragonborn, or oh, I'm the leader of the Dark Brotherhood, or the leader of the Companions, and the guards will let you through. So the pass emerges into Falkreath Hold on the Skyrim side near the sediment of Helgen and uh, Irgird Watch. So the Imperials hold a presence at Pale Pass, and sometime in the first era, the fort at Pale Pass was built. The structure was apparently used as an outpost for heroisms performed at Pale Pass. Cantus Jarrell was appointed the first Count of Coral in first era 2703, Raiders from Akaviri invaded Tamriel, landing on the eastern coast of Morrowind and trekking into the Geralds. Raymond Cyrodiil unified the remaining factions of the Elysian Empire to form the Army of Remen and led an attack on the Akaviri invaders. Vivek, who was displeased with the invaders for trespassing on Morrowind, allied himself with the Trident Kings of the Droog and attacked the Akaviri from the rear, blocking supplies and reinforcements. The invaders then captured and occupied the fort at Pale Pass, which made for a well-hidden outpost. The fort ran out of supplies when messengers failed to deliver orders from the garrison at Grey Ridge, which would have informed Akaviri commanders to ration its food and supplies that were delayed by a month. The loss of its headquarters forced the Akaviri to surrender. Many were taken prisoner of the war by Remen, but the Tasai... Tasaki. Seisai? Seisai? Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, it looks like it. Seisai. Proved to be good advisors and helped Raymond forge a new empire. The Snake People even ruled the empire for a while during the Akaviri Potentate until its collapse at the assassination of the, po the Potentate. The army of Raymond never reached the Pale Pass, and the supposed fort there was dismissed as rumor. Now, let me stop you there. As I think I remember on the mod that I was able to enter Pale Pass uh, just by being a part of the Imperial Legion. Yes, so it's one of the qualifiers. Yeah. Um, one thing is amazing is that that a force like Av uh, Akavir was able to carve 
a a pretty much a funnel right through the center of the continent and make it all the way down to to the edge of the middle of Tamriel itself is like I'm like where the Nords is not able to do anything you know it's like it makes you think well this is what first era I know what, what did I say here uh, yeah first era 2703 so who knows at that point in time if the Nords that what we think of as Nords were actually just needs yeah needs and uh you know, having issues of their own. And so. perhaps, uh, well, now you said this was after uh, Vivek had uh, whooped on them and drowned them on the coast. Or was this, no, yes. no, no, this is, yeah. Wait, no, 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 the second era was when he did that, right? Uh, so you're in the second era during ESO and you get to see a little bit of that yeah. area during the um, um, the Ebonheart Pax uh, uh, storyline. But it doesn't really say how many years past it was. Right. It was fairly recent because yeah. um, the Af- Akaviri Emperor was killed off probably either like 50 years to 100 years prior to the to the beginning of the story in ESO. Yeah. The armor still looked like Avakiri armor, which is a good thing to mention, too. Yeah. So we're going to skip ahead from the first year to the third year. In third year of 433, Countess Narina Carvain of Bruma sent out scouts to find the pass. The Countess was a renowned collector of Akaviri artifacts and wanted to add the Draconian Madstone to her collection. The Madstone, a talisman which can protect the wearer from poisons of any type, was last reported to have been held in the ruins of the Pale Pass Fort. The Countess had come into possession of a diary written by one of the failed messengers from Grey Ridge, Zakfiri. It recounts how he and another messenger, Slage, met their doom at Serpent's Trail Cave at the hands of ogres. The diary came with a key to the fort and a rough map of the region. The Countess sent out scouts and only located one of the landmarks on the map. She later hired the champion of Cyrodiil to recover the Madstone. The champion succeeded in getting to the fort, discovered the ring of omnipotence hidden by the thief 70 years previous. The champion located the bones of Zangfri, preserved in the cold of the Serpent's Trail, and retrieved the undelivered orders which were written on Slate Rock. The ruins of the ancient fort were in bad shape, having been partially buried under snow, the subterranean of the fort was filled with undead Akaviri soldiers and dangerous traps. The champion delivered the orders, the lingering spirit of Mishlaki, which freed the fort's inhabitants of undeath, and the champion retrieved the Madstone and returned to the Countess. The Black Horse Courier published a special edition about the discovery of the, f- the fort at Pale Pass. So the other way of getting in is instead of going through the fort at Pale Pass is you can actually use the Serpent's Trail. So if you're a low-level character and you want to get in to do this, you can find the entrance to the uh, Serpent's Trail and sneak your way into Pale Pass, into uh, um, Bruma. Yeah, and that's a rough, uh, that's a rough uh, dungeon uh, for the, uh, the mod, from what I've heard. I've never done it that part yet though i hear it's kind of uh gets a little bit messed up if you have the difficulty kind of high 
Yeah, there's uh, a lot of different uh, twists and turns, but it's filled with uh, Stormcloak supporters. It's filled with uh, some other creatures in certain sections. So if you're going to sneak your way in, you better sneak your way in. Yeah, because I imagine, like, if you got, like, uh, survival mode on and you've got it on, like, expert difficulty, you just you just don't want to mess with any of that. Yeah. And again, because like your supplies will run out, and then you're just gonna be boned when you you know you run into that into a bear or something. Boned is definitely a great way of describing what happens to you when you get you screw yourself in survival mode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I Especially mean, when you consider yeah. the fact that grizzly bears are for some reason at times more powerful than a dragon. Yeah, yeah. So far, when where are you right now? I'm in a cave. Uh, figures. <laughs> I'm in a cave. That's that's. Uh... Yeah, I see him in the water. Yep, having a good time. In the water, in a cave, checking out some mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just so, trying to figure out how to get out of here. Yeah, that's... <laughs> so you don't die in the mushroom swamp. Yeah, that's pretty much it. In the cave. <laughs> that's it. Um. I imagine at this point uh, we kind of need to get ourselves into into Bruma. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Just type in <laughs> advanced quest 208 and right. then we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, can't get out of the cave. <laughs> so... David, is your inn? Is this one filled with necromancers? No, it was filled with a bunch of bandits and, and skeevers. Just turn off collision and fly through it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know if you want to maybe uh, go to a, a, a different a different book, uh, and then we'll go back to City So Park. I've got three books here to read from. Uh... And so the first one is the Traveler's Guide to Bruma, and we'll actually read that when we're in Bruma. The second one is a quest book that I, you know, really, really liked. So there's a place called Frostfire Glade uh, that is uh, right at the bottom of the map. And it's the inside, there's the legend of Garadan Stalrus, an excerpt from Nightfall, Tales of Heroism and Chivalry. And uh, this sets up what's going to happen as to why this glen is there and all kinds of stuff that happened inside and tells the story of this hero. And uh, I didn't realize this. I finished the entire quest, got to the, the very last room, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm stuck. What do I do? And I, there's this book, and I pick it up, and I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, my God, this was a great book. And so it came to pass that the first month before the harvest, there was a decent... <laughs> supposed to say crop. Uh -oh. There was a decent crop. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> there was a decent crop, which could be there. A decent crop could be found in yeah. Ah. So and so it came to pass that the first month before the harvest, there wasn't a decent crop to be found in that drought-ridden fields in Farmanto Glens. Twenty-seven families their bellies sulken and empty turned to the lordship who had been so fair to them in hard times before the man ruled not with an iron 
gotten, but with the soft touch of silk and kindness. My lord Garadan Stalrus, knight-errant of Farmanto Glens. I watched sadly as my lord Garadan looked out at the weather and fields before him in his, from his meager stone keep and cursed the luck that had tainted the skies and stopped the rain from falling. The families in his charge would not last the winter, which was always bitter and cold in the northern regions of the Geralds. His own supply of green was already picked clean. There was barely enough to sustain him for the months ahead. I know my lord had food there. He would have shared it gladly, allowing his charges to pay him in whatever time or manner they could afford. And in some case, those in dire need given to them without cost. Something had to be done, and it had to be done soon. Sparing not a drake, Garadan paid for the best sages he could find to use the, the rest to buy as much supplies of grain as he could wrest from the neighboring domains. A month passed, and nothing surfaced. Winter's icy tendrils would soon creep across Farmantle glens, causing the green to disappear from the landscape. Families would have to huddle close in their hearts, keeping warm and rationing the bits of food Garadan had given them. I could see Garadan's patience was immense, mind you, wearing thin. He told me he'd consider selling his keep, his belongings, anything to keep his people alive. If only the harvest could yield more, they'd be saved. Then, as if Mara herself had answered his prayers, a sage entered Garadan's keep with his answer. Legends hold of a vessel of sorts, from which water would pour endlessly, known as the Everflow Ure. Some said that the divines themselves created it. Others thought perhaps a powerful sorcerer enchanted it. Wherever it was from, Garadan knew this could be his chance. Following the directions from the sage, my lord and I set out to recover the Ure and rid Farmantle Glens of the drought. I want to interrupt for a second. Yeah. I really like this story, and this is written for the game, right? Yeah, this is written for the mod. This isn't, like, part of the original game or anything like it, that. It, it reads like one of the Daggerfall stories. Does it not? Yeah. It, 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 it has that kind of, the way it's written, it has that progression to it. I just wanted to point that out. It took, it took days to reach the entrance to the place. After we passed through a winding passage, we finally came to an odd door covered in mystical symbols. As the sage instructed, my lord touched some refined frost salts to the door. The ancient stone door opened, and we proceeded into the glade. A cave cut into the hillside led into a small glade of trees. In the center of the glade, flanked by two standing stones, was an altar. On the altar, seemingly glowing with inner light, was the ewer. Cut from crystal, the vessel was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Water filled it to the very top. And as legend as as legend health would never diminish as the liquid decanted from it. Eager to return to his domain, Garadin grasped the ewer's hand. Suddenly the ground trembled as though mountains themselves were angered. The sky changed from sunlit blue to dreary grey. Even the ring of trees forming the glade seemed to bend away slightly from the altar, as if fearing what was to come. Then, with no warning, one of the standing stones cracked and exploded, 
My gaze froze and my heart fell as I looked upon the guardian of the glade. A huge creature, seemingly cut from the same crystal as the Ewer, stepped forth and growled menacingly at my master. The air around it became very cold, as if it was born from the glaciers of the northern mountains. It was a being of ice, living, breathing ice. Garadin shouted at me to run as he drew his blade. Still clutching the ewer in one hand, he gave a mighty swing at the ice creature. When the forged steel struck home, it gave a resounding ring and nearly chipped the beast as a, sp as a spike would when driven against the hardest of rocks. Never showing fear, my lord isn't wrong. Yeah. Never showing fear, my lord isn't wrong again and again, each blow being harmlessly deflected away. Then a single and mighty blow from the ice creature knocked my lord down. His blade slid away, and he lay on the floor looking into the crystalline eyes of his death. The creature raised his arm again for the fatal blow and brought it down hard against Garadin's prone form. I don't know why he did it. Perhaps it was instinct, perhaps a moment's lapse in judgment, but my lord lifted the Everflow Ewer defensively as he got into a kneeling position. The blow from the creature connected with the vessel, creating an earth-splitting crash. There was sound of water splashing and a horrible cracking noise as, a, the, stand, as the standard pitcher sent waves of freezing water in all directions. Even as I watched, the liquid covered the ice creature and my poor master. They seemed to suspend in place in fro as a frozen solid. At the time, I did not know how true my thoughts had become. As I watched in horror, they were encased in a tomb of pure ice. I could see Garadin's face as the ice overtook him. I could swear he was crying. A few of his tears dropped and fell to the ground as his feet like beautiful blue crystals. I knew his. he felt his mission... I knew he failed his mission. His people would starve, and he was responsible. Frost and ice covered everything in the glade now, and the trees, the rocks, the soil, everything. It was then that I became aware of the very air around me beginning to freeze. It was like a cold winter's night at first, and then it rapidly became worse. The cold was so bad, it turned into a sort of frozen heat. I began to burn. My throat began, became tight, and breathing became difficult. I began to lose feeling in my arms and legs, and my vision was beginning to blur. I had to escape the icy glade and tell Garadin's story. It was the least I could do for such a noble man. With every bit of strength I could muster, I ran for the frost fire and back through the cave and barely escaped with my life. My journey back to the domain of Garadin was a sad one. My heart was heavy, my mind clouded with, mis with misery. He was a good man, the greatest I'd ever known. To die like that was no way for such an honorable knight to end his life. When I finally reached the outskirts of Farmanto Glen, the farmers were waiting for me. I was ready to tell them the sad news, but they raised... Yeah. But they raised in great joy and told me that a week ago a strange bluish blowing rain fell onto their fields and that was the, the next day the crops began to grow as if there had never been a drought. A week ago was exactly when my master was frozen in that horrible glade, and his tears froze like bluish raindrops frozen in time. I looked up at the heavens, and the twinkling lights suddenly gave me great comfort. I think, I think, thanked Mara and headed home. So that's wow. one of the new books from this. Wow, that's, 
that's a beautiful story. Yeah, and you can yeah. actually, you know, fight your way through the, the the Frostfire Glade and actually make your way to the magical door and actually see him locked in eternal combat with the uh, Ice Elemental. So it was a big ice astronaut you fought. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Um, no, like as as a as a person who enjoys the paladin concept and Varwin too, I'm sure. You know, this really does resonate. You know, this guy sacrificed everything he had, his noble standing, to just just to keep his his uh, downtrodden settlement alive. And he did all that. It's it's a really good. I like that kind of story. Yep. Well, so, I've uh, managed to make it back to uh, to Bruma, Mike. All right. So after rolling my save back because I could not find my way out of that damn cave. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's an Argonian. Yeah. So okay, so a traveler's guide to Bruma. Now we have talked about the different guides to the different cities and the sanctimonious SOB who writes all of those. And this is nothing like any of her stories from Oblivion. Thank God. So this one actually puts the cities in good lights. So a Traveler's Guide to Bruma by Marcus Carvain, Viscount of Bruma. In response to the overwhelming positive reception that my An Explorer's Guide to Skyrim has received, I have chosen to publish this new text detailing the characteristics of Bruma and its people. It is my hope that this work will enlighten a great many about Bruma's culture and encourage prospective travelers to come and partake in the beautiful experience of life in the Gerald Mountains. Firstly, one must understand that Bruma in many ways defies the traditional Cyrodelic culture, divide of Colovian and Nibbanese. While Bruma is indeed a Nibbanese county, one must always be mindful of the county's strong Nordic heritage and populace. Indeed, some, not least of which, the esteemed third-year author, third-year third-year author, Alicia Otis, there she is, have argued that Bruma has more in common with Mead Halls and jubilant feastings of Skyrim than the cosmopolitan society of Cyrodiil, and indeed, this is a claim I would not dispute. Bruma shares much with Skyrim, its large Nordic population, its love for mead, and last but certainly not least, its love for feasting and good cheer. But despite all of this, it also inherits many positive elements of imperial culture, multiculturalism, diversity, tremendous value placed on the rule of law. Those who have shied away from Skyrim for fear that their race or creed may not have led to their ostracizing from that community need not fear that will happen in Bruma. For Bruma is welcoming and a prosperous county. Indeed, inside the great walls that surround the city herself, its people know safety and peace. Bruma offers many services also. There are two inns within Bruma where travelers may rest their weary heads and drink to your heart's content. The upper more up, the more upper class, Gerald View, and the more lower class, Restful Watchman. As Viscount of Bruma, I would, of course, be improper for me to suggest which one I would stay at. I will simply state a recent statistic from our records. There were, on average, 10 arrests made per week 
at the Restful Watchmen, and <laughs> only three in the lifetime of the Gerald View. Oh, God. <laughs> also, eight of these arrests actually comprised of detaining the innkeeper. Make of that what you will. <laughs> I think that's, that's pretty speaks... good stats right there. Yeah, that's uh, that's that speaks uh, a lot of volume right there. <laughs> so the innkeeper is likely to steal from you. Okay. There are numerous stores and other services available for the traveler with a gilded coin purse. The local Synod Conclave provides magical services, while the Fighters Guild can cater to your martial needs. Now, remember, at the time of the Oblivion Crisis, that the Mages Guild went through uh, quite a big change and uh, is no longer around come the fourth era here. So uh, the Synod Conclave is one of the two factions that replaced it. Our smithy, the Northern Arms, sells all the arms and armor a traveler could need. And if you want me to, look no further than a cut above. Our butcher's shop runs, run by the feverish red guard, Fandel. Within our marketplace, we also have numerous vendor stalls featuring many varied goods, including clothing, alchemical ingredients, and potions. And even more niche items, such as ancient Nordic artifacts. Those who seek to do business with the Count should simply enter Castle Bruma. Free entry is guaranteed, and the Count regularly holds audience with his subjects. Simpler matters are delegated to the court steward, our Honorable Nord Ringar. I would encourage you to present less pressing issues to him for more immediate action. Thank you for reading this, A Traveler's Guide to Bruma, and it is my hope that you will visit our fair city sometime soon. Very nice. Well, um, here it is, the Gerald View Inn, guys. Now, what really uh, blew me away, uh, I'm looking at your Roman screen, is that the chapel is just as uh, towering and as impressive as it was uh, in Oblivion. But to see such a large structure like that in the game is amazing. Because Skyrim, you don't see buildings that large very often, and that's really impressive. Now, here's an interesting thing. If you go into the chapel and you look around, you'll notice that this chapel has actually been renamed. Because according to White Gold Concordant, that uh, they're no longer allowed to worship Talos. And so they've had to replace it. And so now it's the Temple of St. Martin, I believe. Chapel of St. Martin. The Chapel of St. Martin, yep. God damn those Dalek, uh, uh, Dalmore. My God, can't call that. My God, can't call that. Yeah, I'm in the uh, the chapel right now, and it's it's. Uh, they did such a great job with this. They they, they really they did. I mean, uh, even like the buildings outside with the the scroll work and the thatch roof, and just it looks a, so much like right out of oblivion itself yeah um yeah i was just really impressed with this work now more impressive than that though i must say is this last book that i found and i'm hoping that i can get through this without cracking up too much (laughs) so the name of the book is the wind from oblivion by eno sidemon daytime in the imperial city was completely uneventful And to all the good citizens of the city, it seemed that nighttime would also be lacking in drama. However, nobody could have expected the curry of old and will 
be used Patricia Puget. Have changed all of that. It had gone down well, but it was not long before she felt nature's call and stuck her ass out of her window. A blast of putrid wind, which Patel shook the very ground. Buildings spell, spelt over and cut, caught fire. People choked on the air and wished for death. Half the plants in the arboretum died. But in her house, oblivious to the carnage, Patricia giggled and said, Oh, I feel like my ass is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> is this well, is this lady part Dramora? This must be the like the, the, the thing of the story. It must be like a Dramora check. It has to be. I don't know. And she let a sec it rip a second time. Little Abatis Falcons heard her comment and yelled, Well, it is on fire. <laughs> well, it is on fire, you old fat cow. What are you doing releasing that stink in the city? I'm a lady, replied Patricia, so farts don't stink. <laughs> well, that sure did, you ugly heifer. And your ass is still on fire, came his response. Oh, my God. So Patricia left her house and to travel to the <laughs> temple of the one to get healing. <laughs> God. On the way, she observed the city in chaos and wondered what had caused it. She entered the temple and said to the priest, My ass is on fire. <laughs> Well, let me uh, let me attend to that. <laughs> so, can you heal it? Well, no, we don't actually do healing here, replied the priest. Can't you do something? The priest shook his head, hesitated, delayed, and finally gathered his courage and said, uh, I, I can look into it to see if I can do something for you. <laughs> oh, thank you, dear. You are so kind, came her response as she bent over. The priest took several minutes to walk around the old fat bag. And when he finally got to her rear, he screamed, Ah! There's something crawling out! Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> and sure enough, a hand was in the flames, reaching to pull itself out. Wow! Soon, another hand emerged, followed by an oh. ear a hat, a body, and finally legs and a tail. And the thing collapsed on the floor, sputtering and exhausted. What is it? asked the priest. I'm a scamp. Thank you for opening the gate to oblivion. But next time, make sure this gate is larger and doesn't smell so nasty. A gate to oblivion? And in Patricia's massive ask, asked the priest. <laughs> the scamp... <laughs> You know it has to be really bad for an imp, most likely from the Deadlands, <laughs> to not to to be to find it putrid. <laughs> the scamp turned around and was mortified to see that it had indeed that it was indeed an ass he had crawled out of. But Patricia indignantly retorted, My ass is not big, especially in these pants. The priest asked, Well, how did this happen? And how can we close the gate? That's that scamp, not 
at all recovered from his heart. The gate opened when something really unholy happened. This fat mountain of lard must have farted something fierce. I don't know how to close it. The priest said, in that case, you don't you don't have to see a uh, you don't have to see a message, Patricia, to find out how to get the gate of your anus closed. But I'm afraid <laughs> you'll have to go to another city to do it because the Arcane University won't let you in. And so it was that Patricia Puget found herself walking to Coral, the nearest city she could think of. As she walked, the thumping and pushing of her rear got more intense. She walked up a hill <laughs> and through a ruined castle. There she was confronted by a Khajiit bandit who ordered, give me all your money, you gelatinous blob. <laughs> <laughs> Patricia lifted up the rolls of her stomach and pulled out a small coin purse. Wow. A sight which sent the bandit into a fit of vomiting. He <laughs> opened it and pulled out 14 septums, one of which somehow fell between her near her conjoined fingers and landed on the ground. Conjoined? Oops, she said, Oops, she said, let me pick that up for you, my dear. And so it was that she bent over and an ogrum fell out of her ass. It oh, roared no. and got to its feet and then ate the bandit whole before running off after seeing where it had come from. Fourteen scamp, three vermils, six clan fears, two spider daedra, and one heme with its awkward with its awkward horns. Later, Patricia arrived at Coral. She squeezed through the city gates and came to the mages Florius Boreas. Excuse me, dear, she said to him, there's a gate to oblivion in my tush. I was wondering how I might going about getting it closed. You stupid, disgusting pig. To close the gate in obl to oblivion, someone needs to go in there and close it from the inside, he replied. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you know where I'm putting this sigil stone. <laughs> oh, thank you, dear. I hate to impose, but I was wondering if you could squeeze in there and close it for me, she asked. Ah! By the nine divines, no, he screamed and ran off. Patricia chased him out of the city, through the woodlands, and down a steep hill. Suddenly, she lost her footing and fell. She landed heavily with a thump and fell through her ass backwards, entering oblivion herself. <laughs> wow. She got, she got up and found herself in a strange land, which seemed oddly familiar. She tested herself, dusted herself off, and noticed a line of Daedra coming to where she was. She stood up and said, excuse me, you cute little critters. Someone has opened a gate in my ass, and I was wondering if one of you would be a deer and close it. Eek, by Dagon. One of the... Charles screamed. We were lining up to go through the rectum of this ugly amorphous blob. I'll close the gate myself. Thank you, dear, she said as the troll ran off and disappeared. <laughs> Minutes later, there was a white glow, and she found herself at, a bottom, at the bottom of a steep ridge. Patricia Puget stood up, giggled, and then walked back to her home at the Imperial City. She entered her, her house, sat down, and ate what remained of her curry. Feeling the call of nature, she walked to her window and stuck her ass out. The end. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, quite the tale. 
Um, I can't remember where I found that book, but I was dying worse than... I'm surprised I was able to get through it as best as we did, because I was cracking up reading it the first time. Oh, God. Not Sigil Stone, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you gotta... It's It's gotta be bad if, if, if Daedra are willing to... If, if, yeah, if an Ogrim is just straight up, like, nah. Not having right? <laughs> nah. <laughs> wow and they have nipple piercings <laughs> alright <laughs> so all three of these books are brand new books from the, uh, the mod here um, you know go have fun finding them reading them uh, I had to transcribe them out of the game to actually get them into our notes so it was uh, a little bit of effort there but so that's why there was some stumbling where words weren't actually what they should have been but yeah uh, I definitely love that last one, the wind from oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, so on, on, uh, so before we move into our, uh, discussion topic, a uh, fast question of the week, um, Mithril, any, uh, any sort of like reaction to, to some of the things that, um, Mike, uh, presented on the show for us this week? Uh, no, I think it was great to, uh, look back on, the Akaviri influence, uh, the invasion that had led up to it. And I, I give it some thought that, you know, the Nords would have been st- uh, still Nords because they were the needs during the Merethic era, and they were fairly well established during the first era. So I'm pretty. So it seems to me that the Akavir really did did mess them up pretty bad, and somehow got past the, uh, somehow got past the uh, the Dark Elves as well. So it has to be an insanely ridiculous uh, invasion mm. for them to get that far. Mm. Okay, uh, Mike, uh, any anything to sort of uh, put a little uh, bow on the uh, on the lore that you presented today? So I think that they did a great job, not only in producing like a new area or a remake of an area, but also adding their own little flair to it and really bringing it into the fourth era. Uh, so I actually really enjoyed, you know, some of the stuff I found, um, you know, the updated to guide to, to Coral and the quest book there, um, about, uh, uh, Fairmeadow Glen, uh, and the story of the, uh, ever-flowing Ewer, and then, you know, the funniness of the fire, of the wind from Oblivion just, it had me cracking up the entire time reading it transcribing it and then reading it here again so i was, I was imagining like a traditional like uh oblivion npcs like responding to her like they always do which would be even <laughs> funnier it's like oh let me take a look at that <laughs> stop right there criminal scum <laughs> assault assault she ends up in the jail shring <laughs> <laughs> all right guys let's uh let's move into uh our discussion topic for the week here um all right so so beyond skyrim bruma uh is the first part of a larger expansion known as beyond skyrim cyrodiil seat of sundered king which is a small part of their global expansion plan now at first i was hesitant to play this as it was not official canon but after having after playing and having a great time I can't wait for the next part. Do you feel that without a Bethesda approval and, and endorsement, 
areas of Tamriel and topics should be considered sacrosanct. All right, so um, Mike uh, Mike did a great job um, writing this question in and putting it in for uh, for classic today. Um, so so Mike, why don't you give us a little uh, a little bit of a you know an idea here as to you know kind of like the scope of the topic you kind of want to you know bring up today, and then and then maybe start launching a little bit into your own answer. So yeah, so the big thing is is I've I've played some really horrible mods over the years. Um, mods that, you know, th they take their favorite character, their favorite, uh, you know, the tribunal and they, they just plop them in without a storyline, without relevance, um, or they'll plop in some, you know, one of the, the magical weapons of lore and just, it's super overpowered or, you know, right in the middle of town, there'll be, you know, an invasion of skeletons for no apparent reason. And it's just like, what the hell's going on? Or uh, you'll have the one where you have, like, five main characters in this island that we didn't know about above Skyrim. And then, yeah. like, all the NPCs just say, hey, you need something? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> it is, like, no one's filled out beyond five people. It's like, come on, man. Don't release this stuff and be <laughs> half halfway. Come on. Yeah, and the really good mods that I have played are oftentimes, like, very small uh, mods that... Uh, or a dungeon or a couple like a, a a house or a castle that you get to explore and it, it's really f fleshed out but this was a huge i mean this is almost the size of a dlc and i thought that it was really well fleshed out and you know brought bruma into the fourth year really well and the problem is is that because it's so well done and because you know there is the entire lore of the the white gold concordant the you know the great war and everything and what's going on in cyrodiil you know i have to ask you know should you know you know is it right that you know we play things like this enjoy them and uh you know consider that it was well done and part of the the expanded universe or is this something that you know Take it for what it is. It's just another mod. Who cares? And, you know, move on from there. Uh, but I know, like, Bethesda actually, like, gave, like, some major thumbs up. It's on the Bethesda store there uh, for this mod. So it's one of the reasons I actually went and played it. So, you know, I think they did a great job. You know, what do you guys think? You know, when it comes to these mods, especially mods going into Cyrodiil, because here's what they have in their list. Cyrodiil, the Seat of Sundered Kings. Iliac Bay, the Tower of Dawn. Elsewhere, sugar and blood. Black Marsh, the ro the roots of the world. Uh, Morrowind, the starbound east. Uh, at Mora, the expedition to the north. So these are what they have plans for, and at least two of them are, I know, underway, um, and uh, we can expect to see them within the next couple of years. So, what do you guys think? Well, go ahead, Mithra. I think that. Since I, since I consider a bug in the game or when my game crashes to be a distortion in time-space, I, I pretty much treat mods like expansions that are mods. Kind of like in the same way where they are unrealities that you can experience, that your character can experience, but other people's characters have a different experience because it's not in their lower order. So I kind of like role-play in the, these concepts that way too. And I feel like... Um, if, if Bethesda doesn't pick up on this stuff, that's fine. 
because I still got to experience this in a different timeline, kind of. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think Bethesda should be, like, lining up to be completely copying this content either. I think Bethesda should go on with what they were planning. And uh, I want to see what see what the stories stack up to be like in comparison. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, just because, <clears throat> you know, uh, a collection of, uh, of fans um, <clears throat> are, are inspired to, to come out with, with something... Uh, on their own, I I don't think that, you know, nor nor do I I think that they would, uh, but I don't think Bethesda should be should be copying that at all. Um, these these kinds of things, all right, these these mods, these alternate storylines, uh, I think should be um, fully embraced by by the the gameplay community and by Bethesda as well and um, I'll, I'll explain why number one um, for all intents and purposes okay um, Bethesda as well as as well as any other organization that that creates creative content for money all right they have to do a balancing act and the, the balancing act is this what creative content can we put out there that's going to sell now as a modder you don't have to do that balancing act you can say what creative content do i want to put out i don't care about making money so modding in and of itself uh and, and this goes for any intellectual property not just not just elder scrolls not just not just the, the video game space um but but even for for, for star wars for um, you know, I'm a huge DC Comics fan. DC Comics, you know, anything involving that. <clears throat> um, whenever, whenever someone creates fan fiction or or creates, in this case, mods, um, you're 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 offering your your ideas, okay, big or small, into the public sector in order to be consumed. And and if if Bethesda consumes part of that, well, then they just they just. They they learned a thing. They learned if it if it works. They learned if it doesn't work, and maybe it'll push their um, their creative ideas a little bit more as well. Inspire them in ways that maybe they not have considered because you know people think differently. They come up with different ideas, and maybe it pre presents to them an idea that they never would have considered before, or they would have believed may not have been a, a an idea that could sell. And they can morph it or into something that that they can they can put together. Um, so I I think just the, you know in in um in the marketplace of ideas more ideas in the marketplace just makes for a stronger uh, community stronger marketplace a stronger intellectual property no matter what it is, and and I know some folks get hung up on what's canon and what's not canon, and certainly anything Bethesda puts out in regards to Elder Scrolls is considered canon. Um, but there's something to be said about, about being able to, to consider, um, something that's offbeat, something that's not created by Bethesda, uh, something that is a labor of love for, for modders, um, as, as an alternate storyline. Um, we, we see this in, in star Wars, especially where, uh, when, when Disney took over star Wars, uh, they created, uh, they crunched down the timeline and they created the uh, the Legends line where, you know, um, all of the uh, the novels and books from, from Star Wars that, that have existed for, you know, 
25, 30 years, uh, were not necessarily canon anymore, but they're still out there to be consumed as either an alternate uh, storyline or just a legend about, you know, Han Solo and Chewbacca or, or you know. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, I want to throw in there that uh, Bethesda has kind of done this before because if we really think about it, and we really know what we're talking about when it comes down to how Daggerfall was made. A lot of that Daggerfall lore was made by the people who were making the game, people that were um, kind of like on the fringes of the game, and just people that were in the offices just putting together some lore they thought was really good. Yeah. And some of those characters, like Ebonarm, God of War, and uh, Eos, the God of Animals, and Psy, the God of Luck, uh, they kind of became kind of like that... Uh, like how the Star Wars dealt with their legends. They, they are literally legends. The, these are stories they never revisited ever again, and they're just kind of lost in the aether. And uh, in, the, in the timeline, they still exist. You can still pick up the books, but now you have to decide for yourself, is this real? Right. Um, you know, <clears throat> one, one of the things that I love about, about, the, um, about DC Comics is that every, everything that's ever come out, about DC Comics, so 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 DC Comics exists in a multiverse. All right, this is this is how we get stories that are wildly different. Um, you know, you'll you could you could take a look at uh, you know amazing graphic novels like Kingdom Come, um, or or even Frank Miller's uh, the um, the Dark Knight. Okay, and you could look at these things, and they're it's the same characters but different versions of them. Well, how can that possibly be? Um, even, even recently, um, um, uh, Dark Knight's Metal. Okay. Amazing, amazing stuff coming out of, coming out of, um, this, this, uh, this multiverse. And the way this is set up is that there are different alternate realities of these characters that exist simultaneously at the same time. So everything becomes canon at that point including uh, cartoons like the, the old Justice League cartoon, the old Batman cartoon from the 90s, the old Superman cartoon from the 90s, okay, exists and is canon just the same as the Christopher Reeves Superman stories, the um, uh, Brandon Routh uh, Superman Returns movie. The... This actually kind of reminds me, not to cut you off, yeah. but... Uh... When they made this multiple uh, um, multiple universe concept in the uh, Somerset DLC, I feel like they might be thinking about uh, that kind of concept a little bit because they might be at least in the um, online story they might be considering that concept for their for their prop their intellectual property in that way and somehow because right. the way it was worded. This is the reason why I'm, I'm taking time to sort of explain a little of this uh, a, a bit, because the fact is, is that it works so, so well in, in Elder Scrolls. You know, you've got, when it comes to Elder Scrolls, you are working with a very, very, very deep and vast uh, universe. Okay, Nern, uh, Tamriel is just a continent on Nern, and Nern is, um, is, is a, a, a plane uh, of the Mundus, I, I believe that's how it's how it's set up, and the Mundus is its own pocket of oblivion. And outside of that, okay, through the Aether, there are pockets of of uh, of oblivion. I believe, Mike, check me on some of this. 
Yeah, so you've got, you know, Oblivion surrounding you, but when you punch through the Aether there, you actually move beyond reality to where uh, Magnus escaped to. Yeah, that's Aetherius. So, yeah, right. that's Aetherius. So, so what, you're, what you're looking at here is multiple levels of reality. This is already established canon in Elder Scrolls, by the way, guys. Multiple levels of realities. Okay? Some existing as their own um, planes. Some existing as their own pockets of, of oblivion. And some existing as multiple layers on top of one another as well. So it's, it's a very interesting um, amalgam of settings and yeah and, and universes and so it this idea of of a multiverse which i you know i was explaining about you know i think the dc universe is a, is a great example of something similar that could be set up for elder scrolls as well yeah. where it's so everything deep. is canon because it all exists together simultaneously in their own pockets of realities yeah it's like it's almost gotten to the point where there's quantum physics in the lore <laughs> especially when you read kirk Bryce, like this is probably quantum physics yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> it, that is true. Uh, so it's so it's very interesting to see something like that. And you know, DC Universe—they've got their own you know way of of sort of you know breaching and creating canon and 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 overlapping stories where you know the the previous like you know Justice League Superman stuff because of the Flashpoint um, event now becomes the new 52 but then the new 52 doesn't go over well with fans so they try and find a way to to create this whole rebirth saga that happened and, and so you can do the very same thing with elder scrolls just because the canon uh lore in elder scrolls online doesn't exactly fit piece by piece point by point for what you saw in the single player games does not necessarily mean it's lore breaking that it's canon breaking I know a lot of uh, some some of you out there are probably rolling your eyes, but the fact of the matter is, is that with a narrative is 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 as deep and diverse as what we're talking about here, you can say it can be done well, and it can also be done badly. Yeah, we're look, just gonna have to see broken, how it's going to proceed from here. Broken Diamonds is a great example of this. Okay, Empress Kintyra dies. All right, you can have it where in Elder Scrolls lore. Okay, it is canon that she both died and lived just in separate areas of the of of the Aether. Completely different because because King uh, because Empress Kintyra died in one version of Tamriel and then lived in a different universe that's a part of this great multiverse of Elder Scrolls and lived in a different set of circumstances that went off slightly differently. You, yeah. Uh, and, and both are canon. The way these massive events kind of form around um, Akatosh getting shattered for a period of time, there could be, like, you know, it's easy to think of a malleable substance that is, like, the reality that these people live in. Like, a person in a town... A disaster happens, and then they wake up one morning. They have no recollection of it, and every every person is different. <laughs> you know, it's like they don't even remember, anyways. These things happen, and it's like I I feel like that I don't want them to push it too much. 
if they if they push this too much, it'll be I think it'll become a bit of an eye roll thing. But I feel yeah. like if they do it sparingly, it will be fine. No, yeah. I I agree with that. You know, you never you never want something like this to to be um the the norm versus you know a rare thing because then it's it's like all right you guys are just you just you guys are just using this as a narrative crutch yeah it's sloppy in the end it's used too much but what i wonder though like if you know like if bethesda comes out and says hey there's this mod it's really good you know uh we you know support them on this and you know think that you guys are going to like this you know should you know we then be considering it as hey if bethesda's endorsed this that you know this the events that happen here could be considered lore now Mm. nothing in this mod is really lore breaking it's everyday life you're an adventurer who's come into bruma area and you know yeah they didn't say crazy thing you know there's nothing you know insane in this mod that would be like oh my god you know it's just just the course of everything you're not like the nords beat the thalmor for real guys look it's in this book they didn't put that in there yeah, so I just wonder, like, you know, if there's stuff like that where, you know, they expand what's going on in the timeline by a little bit so that you can leave Skyrim and see other areas that are happening simultaneously to Skyrim, you know, and Bethesda's, you know, throwing their endorsements behind it, you know, should we, you know, be looking at this when Elder Scrolls Six comes out and say, hey, you know, Bethesda put their weight behind, you know, Morrowind, Starwound East, and the events that ha- are shown there, you know, this kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Should we, you know, be looking at stuff that happened in that yeah. mod as potential stuff that we could see in te- in books or something in the next uh, Elder Scrolls game? Yeah, maybe. I, I think but the one so. thing I know about Bethesda, not to interrupt you, Barwin, yeah. is that they don't want to get themselves pigeonholed. The game, Bethesda Game Studio itself they don't seem to like the idea of being pigeonholed in that way. So I feel like they're still going to be separate entities. Um, I think it's great that they uphold the mods as, and celebrate them. Yeah. But I still don't think uh, they would. And I don't think I want to see, particularly myself, them adopting mods into the lore. I just don't, it doesn't feel right. It's, uh, look, it's, I, I, w- I always kind of work, and I think a lot of folks work off this premise. You know, if, if, if a if an amazing mod comes out, okay, um, and Bethesda gives its nod to it and says this is very good, okay, um, and they never ever ever broach the subject of what that storyline covered, then yes, that's canon. Why? Because it came out. Lots of people like it. Okay, it's it's enjoyable to play. B- Bethesda gives it the nod and says. That's that's great. Okay, that is once once you get the acknowledgement from from the company, okay, that owns the IP. Once you get the acknowledgement and they never broach the subject again, you're never going to get you're you're never going to get the owner of the intellectual property to create a story that's that's going to overlap or 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 remove that. So if you're never going to get yeah. that then then it and it's all you literally have about this one subject matter or this one pe- moment in time in the story then yeah it's that's going to be canon until they come out with something that says you know what you know this version of bruma in the fourth era was very good however we're going to say that that's an alternate timeline and here's our official canon but right. if they never broached the subject of bruma in the fourth era 
then hell yeah, this is canon. Yeah. Canon until they do something about it. The way these guys are doing it is great. Um, it just like uh, going back to the whole Star Wars comparison thing. Like there was a time when George Lucas said, "You know what? You guys can write whatever you want, and then you know you can release it. And if it's canon to somebody, it's canon to somebody. You know, right? And I think that 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 like Bethesda giving the nod, or you know, the Zoss giving the nod, that kind of gives like that that it's a feels good moment. And very that story statement. is canon to somebody. Yes, it's a very powerful statement, and they know it. That's the thing. You're not you you can't you're not Bethesda and give a, a nod to a mod like that and not understand that there are there is going to be um, your player base that considers that to be canon now as a result of that. They, they may want to hire that team to, to produce future content. Now that's something that is realistic. Hell yeah. Something that does seem to happen yeah, especially a little bit with in the back. How they're treating the uh, the creation club, for sure. For sure. Um, well, that was a cool kill. Holy crap. <laughs> Thanks. Well, there's nothing better than the spinning death kill. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, all right, Mike, uh, did you want to uh, did you want to cover this uh, this topic any other way or? No, that's exactly what I wanted to cover from it, you know, because I know like I had reservations playing this mod until like I saw a review that, you know, listed endorsements from Bethesda. Yeah. So, yeah, because dude, that guy's heads. Right yeah, now. I mean, you know, there's so many bad mods out there. Why waste your time? But this was a, an amazing mod. It yes. didn't change anything about the storyline. It dabbled a little bit about how the Stormcloaks are trying to, you know, make their way into Cyrodiil, but nothing game breaking. Nothing, you know, that is like, oh my god, the you know, the dragons have always been here or something. You know, Dagon doesn't rule. You know, Oblivion. Uh, but you know, the the future expansion you know the cyrodiil seat of sundered kings you know we actually might be seeing you know the the remnants of reveal after you know the burning of the uh the sanctuary there or chaden hall or uh coral you know and just see what kind of aftermath has happened some of these cities were in ruins by the time the uh the war was done so hopefully you know they've done such a good job with this one that they'll take into account the war and what it's done to these other cities as we get to see some of the rest of uh, Cyrodiil here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, them creating the effect of what they had already written, like what Bethesda's already written about the Concord, they're exploring these things. And what really grabbed me when I uh, got into this mod is what when you get to Bruma, there's these um, Thalmor dudes, and they're really harassing this guy that's running the... Uh, the chapel yeah and it's like wow you know it you feel the effect of the thalmor grip you know even more so uh because you're seeing uh they have complete dominance in this region in that way hmm. and it's like wow you really are oppressed you know because these guys really just you know <laughs> it's you know they're very serious all right, guys. Well, I think that's going to uh, end up our our show for the evening. Um, so, first of all, I want to welcome Mithril once again. Uh, let's uh, let's give a little bit of a hand to Mithril here, guys. Come on, you know, really fantastic uh, joining the show and doing as well as you have. Uh, I'm 
you did really well, dude. <laughs> you did fantastic. Um, and I'm very, very happy and excited to uh, to have you on the show. Um, also, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, classic is as classic as ESOTR, and ESOTR is now classic. Okay, we will be recording again in two weeks. Next, uh, not next Thursday, but the Thursday after at 9 p.m. Eastern. Next Thursday, please join us right here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Quest Gaming Network for Quest Gaming Magic the Gathering. It's going to be me, Mithril, our buddy Rogue from uh, from Norway as well, talking about uh, talking about uh, Magic the Gathering, the lore on the cards, a little of this and that on um, on some of the, uh, the the latest sets. Okay, it's uh, we we tailor the show around newcomers. So if you literally know nothing about Magic the Gathering. This is the show for you. It's, it's about constructed gameplay, lore, and uh, and newcomer strategies. And um, as well as Quest Gaming, Dungeons & Dragons recording here on twitch.tv slash Network every single Sunday evening as well. Uh, I think they record at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern as well on that. A note on Quest Gaming Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, they are going to be doing a bit of a soft reboot, which means that uh, the episodes that have been uh, featured on um, on our Twitch channel, okay, will not be making their way over to the podcast. However, uh, a brand new series dealing with the same characters and the same setting will be coming to podcast version. So, uh, so, so, uh, you know, get involved while you can because the la- the latest episodes. That have been on Twitch, okay? They are they are going away, and it's going to serve as um, massive backstory for uh, that that everyone who who got involved when they did, okay? It's going to serve as a massive backstory for the characters and the setting during the soft reboot of of uh, Quest Gaming Dungeons and Dragons. So that's coming up the next couple of weeks, so uh, get in now while while you can on that show because. Um, everything you're uh, you're hearing about is going to be a little self-reflective later on, as uh, Rogue builds his brand new campaign. And uh, and that's that's where we're at, guys. This is uh, QGN moving into uh, into 2019. ESOTR is classic, and classic is ESOTR. Quest Gaming Magic: The Gathering and a brand new soft reboot uh, dealing with the same characters and settings of Quest Gaming Dungeons and Dragons. And of course, let's not forget that unannounced project that is inching closer and closer with uh, with every week. Uh, right now we're dealing with some um, some technical issues and we need a little training for some folks on the side so uh, you know that's that's been the delay uh, plus some finances and time as well um, but uh, the finances came together the equipment has come together and uh, we are looking at uh, a little bit of a, a training session or two <clears throat> as well as some uh, some um, setting up stuff so uh, so in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be uh, getting ourselves closer and closer to that unannounced project. And as soon as that uh, that all of our ducks are in a row, we will be making the announcement as well as when our first episode of that will be coming at you live on our Twitch channel as well. Uh, so there's there's a lot to look forward to here at QGN, and we're very happy to share it with you. Uh, be sure to check us out on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, as well as Google Play and QuestGamingNetwork.com. You could follow our show on... Uh, on Twitter and Tumblr at Elder Scrolls OTR. You can follow Mike on uh, on Twitter as well at KDR Mickey. That's K-D-R-M-I-C-K-E-Y. Uh, you can follow me. Um, well, I have... Don't, 
don't bother following me, guys. I'm I'm actually really not on Twitter much anymore, uh, so don't worry about that. <clears throat> um, Mithra, what about you? Uh, what uh, where can pe- where can people uh, find you and follow you? I'll be Mithralesque at Rosewind on Twitter. And let me bring it up so I can spell it out because it is quite the large word. You know, when you make a handle and you and you become a host later, sometimes oh, yeah. you, you realize, hey, my name is really big. It's a lot. So <laughs> it's M-Y-T-H-R-I-I-L-E-S-Q-U-E at Rosewind on Twitter. All right. And uh, if you want to email the show, you can at Elder Scrolls Off the Record at gmail.com. Uh, so um, this episode, it's going to be a, a, a day or two before uh, it releases. I, you know, got to get up at 445 in the morning. So that's a little better than uh, five hours from now. So <laughs> I need to get some sleep. Um, so look forward to this uh, coming out uh, this weekend uh, to those in, uh, who are in the chat room. Uh, and thank you for joining us. Uh, for our, our live show and uh, final thoughts starting with Mike good show long time in the making uh, glad I was able to get uh, past all the laughing at uh, the wind from oblivion <laughs> right and uh, Mithril uh, once again uh, it's really hard for me to, to believe I'm, I'm actually on this show uh, I'm very grateful for uh, this opportunity to do this um glad that it went as smooth as it did uh i wouldn't expect any less anyways from you know mike being here and uh, yourself running uh running the show smoothly it's just uh i'll be very excited to see how how it sounds tomorrow i'm just you know it's gonna be really crazy (laughs) listening to myself on this show (laughs) and not uh, the other show right well it's gonna be i'll probably uh, i'll probably have it out um probably tomorrow night tomorrow night when uh, when this will be out. So, uh, <clears throat> all right, guys. Well, listen. Uh, I want to thank everyone again for listening, downloading, and subscribing. Okay, take care, everyone. Be safe, and as always, may the force be with you. Oh, no!